morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show, where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Call me a macchiato. That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere tolerated. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. It's just whole essence is to bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Thing is that 
we have family members that walk out the door with the intention of coming back home, and they don't, y'all. They don't. That don't look like what it used to look like. We find ourselves saying, I just talked to this person. I just saw her yesterday, and she was fine. And she went in the hospital or got into an accident, and she did not survive it, y'all. So we have got to get our affairs in order. We don't have the time we think we have. We don't have the time we think we have. And if it's your time, don't you want your affairs to be in order? So let me tell you about the conversation I had with my dad. So after my mom passed, about two years into that, um, my dad lives in this state in which no one else in our family lives. And so every time I get a call from that area and that area code comes up, I panic and it's not as phone because I think something's happening. And so, I'm, as I'm sure we all do, you know, get a call in the middle of the night, you kind of freak out a little bit. And, and you hold it on, waiting for them to say, hey, how you doing? Or say something with, with a sense of normalcy so you know that things are okay. Well, I got a call that my dad had missed an appointment um, to pick up some prescription from a pharmacy, and they had to reorder it. And so when I, um, I took the message, and I tried to reach my dad, and I told him that they had called me. And I said, well, I didn't know that they had my number. He said, well, yeah, you know, I had you listed as my um, emergency contact. You know, and I said, really? I said, why did you tell me? He said, well, I had you listed on all my medical documentation. I had you listed on my insurance. I, I had you listed. I said, well, well, Dad, you need to equip me that if people are going to call me about your care and your health, I need to know what's going on with you. You know, um, they shouldn't call me and I'm the emergency contact. I have no idea where you are, no idea about the appointment. Dad, don't, don't do that to me, right? And so he said, well, you don't have to worry about that because nothing's going to happen to me. I said, Dad, don't do that to me. Don't leave me to figure things out and try to guess what's going on. Please don't do that to me. And he didn't want to have the conversation about afterlife affairs at that time. And so I think months passed. I went to see him. I always go to see him Father's Day and on his birthday. I went to go see him. And we had a good weekend. And I'm telling you, months have passed. And we didn't talk about this. Months have passed. And um, I was at his home. And as I was leaving to get in my car, he came up to give me a kiss. He handed me a packet. And in the packet, it had his health insurance information, his life insurance information, who he paid and his rent to. You know, all the information he had, he had it all together and handed it to me. And I'm telling you all that when we do that to our loved ones, that's the greatest gift we could give them. Because in the midst of mourning and grieving and trying to deal with the loss of losing someone, you got to handle their affairs. And that is so unfair, I think. That is so unfair because it's almost like as if we live our life going through what we go through, we don't share our information with anyone. And then when we leave, we get them out stuff to deal with. It's like passing your trash on, passing your garbage. You make a mess of things or whatever it is, and you just give it to somebody else and sort it out. And figure it out, y'all, that's not fair. we got to stop doing that and own our decisions now. Own them now. Own them now. If we really care about our loved ones, let's make our transition easier for them and take on the responsibility of making these decisions now. Now, I know what you're thinking. You might say, so are you easy and fair and done? It's not easy. It's not. I, I, I cry through it. I still miss my dad. I'm having problems sleeping at night. Um, I miss my mom, you know, and you know, we never get a mama. But we do know, as, as an adult, that we have to keep moving. And I think the... The courage came from wanting my parents to be okay, wanting their affairs to be okay. So sometimes you can't even grieve, you know, because you're trying to handle business. And sometimes you're crying and handling, I'm crying and calling and sniffing and, you know, and everything else. But we got to keep moving. we got to handle business. And, we, and it's easier for us. It's easier for us to just memorialize our loved ones in our heart when we don't have the burden of handling all these affairs and not knowing what to do. So I want us to know what to do. I, I want us to understand the 
process a little better. I want you all to understand these forms a little better. I want you to believe that they're not hard to get to. Um, they're not hard to understand. And, I mean, if you're sitting there listening to this show now, I appreciate you for doing that. And if you got a baby in your lap, in the midst of your youth, in the same room with you, and the thought of something happens to the parent of that child or your child, what is this the state on What's going to happen to these are the things you got to think about because these are the things that are happening. And with this world that we're living on, so many uncertainties, we got to make some decisions. we got to be better. we got to have the will to be better and make these decisions and let our family members know what they are so there is no issue about it when you are not here. You know, if I have a topic, I'm definitely going to try to have a person of authority <laughs> or with some experience to help in the conversation because it's just not um, so bitten or you just talking off my head. I really want you to have um, advice, information, um, a person with experience to help um, help us understand these processes. And, and so what, what I did was, I prayed about it, and I reached out to a few people who I know who are pretty um, knowledgeable in this area. And um, I, I got this recommendation, and it's just like a blessing, uh, because this has been on my heart. And, and I felt that um, what I'm living through, somebody else must be living through, or if not, they, they will be. You know, this is not my first rodeo. And I've even gone as far as um, modified my wheel because my dad was in it. I have um, all the time I have a living will. I even have my obituary already written out. And I'm going to tell you this. I think it's a funny story. Um, and then I'm going to introduce our guest of the hour. I was, I was planning one of my aunt's funerals a few years ago, and um, my cousins were kind of going back and forth as to what to say in her obituary about the thing. And they, they weren't sure, and then they kind of fussed about it, kind of argument with tension. And I, and I said, you know what, I, I'm going to control my own narrative. I don't want people trying to figure out what to say, what was important. You mentioned this husband or, or, or this child or, or this, you know, you may have had a godfather who was like your dad or uncle who was important to you, and you may want them to have special recognition. But if, if someone else is writing your story, they don't know this. They don't know this. So we got to control the narrative. We tell our stories. We make these decisions now. We make these decisions now. So I thought that, you know what, I'm going to tell my own story. Because my, my husband, who is um, deceased now, was a very vital part of my life. And if my stories are told, even though he's not here, I want his name to be mentioned. And I want things to be said about him. So own it. Own it. That's all I'm saying. Own it.
on their path to recovery, prosperity, and sustained ability. I want you all to welcome Attorney Kenya Johnson. Good morning, Kenya. How are you doing? Good morning, Soy. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, wow. We, we're thankful. I'm thankful. So, so thank you for accepting my invitation, and, and I'm glad you are here with me. Well, you know, we are practicing social distancing, so she's here with us in spirit, and she's here with us in knowledge and information. So thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was listening to your story, and uh, I've heard this story in many communities across Fulton County. This is something that uh, having to deal with grief and handle the business affairs of loved one is an experience that people will never forget. And so uh, your message to help people with estate planning and realize the importance of having their paperwork in order and thinking about those difficult decisions is more timely than ever before now that we're experiencing so many deaths as a country due to the virus. So kudos to you for sharing your testimony because it will help others uh, beyond today. Well, thank you. It, it was a hard decision. You know, sometimes it, it, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable. You know, it's hard to, um, and, and as people, sometimes we don't want to admit what we don't know. And, um, for example, um, I've had conversations with people about this kind of thing. And um, they would say, oh, well, yeah, I have life insurance. And you're like, well, well who? Who you have? Where's the policy? And, um, and I find that we are afraid to have these conversations. Why is that, Kenya? Why are we afraid to talk about this? You know, thinking about our own mortality, when we'll die and how things will be after we're gone, is something that we as humans just don't naturally uh, gravitate toward. Of You know, some people have the idea, I'm gone, and so it's not my problem. Uh, but then there are others that really want to make sure that their family can handle business in a secure way and in a confident way and through this grief. And so when you do plan ahead and those that you leave behind, uh, are looking through your items, it, I, and you can uh, testify to this, it, it, it is so reassuring when the business matters have already been handled, and you can grieve in your natural sense instead of worrying about where these important documents are. So I always encourage families uh, to periodically have those difficult conversations and to let your kids know. My father was an insurance agent with Allstate for many years, and every time he and my mother would go on vacation, uh, the night before he would call me upstairs to his office, and I knew what it was. This is every vacation. And he would point to me the drawer where the life insurance policies were, where the, uh, where the retirement accounts were, where the checking accounts were, and even some secrets that, you know, everybody else didn't know about, I knew about them. So if something were to happen while they were on that trip, I could jump into action, and I knew where everything was. I felt I knew the telephone numbers. I knew what his wishes were, and I would have been empowered uh, by that information. And even though as a teen and a young adult, I was, Dad, I don't want to see this, and I don't want to talk about you guys not being here. In hindsight, I'm so glad that he did, and I encourage other family members to do so, be it the top drawer uh, like my dad's uh, stash was, or be it a box or uh, something that's safe and fireproof, a file, uh, whatever, but let other people know what it is you want and empower them with the information so that they can move forward once you're gone. And, you know, well, you really hit something on the head because it, it is empowering when you know. Um, and, and, and let me just say this for those who are listening. I, I don't know about y'all, but I work hard. You know, I work hard for what I have. I work hard to provide security for my family. I want them to have something. And I know y'all do too. I know your home is important to you. Your car is important to you. The money in your account is important to you. The things around you are important to you. That's why they're around you. So whatever that decor is, whatever that layout is, it's for your comfort. You know, and you work hard for that. Do you want that to go to waste? Do you want that to just, just to be out there and your kids not have it? or whoever you intend to best, uh, they don't have access to it, I know you don't want that. I know you 
don't want that for your family. And we have to do better, you know, just in terms of making sure that our wishes are heard. But, but Katie, you know, I promised him that this wouldn't be difficult, that it would be painless. And, and so I want to talk about, um, um, I'm going to ask you about a form. So we know about a form called a power of attorney form, and we know that this form can be utilized to give someone power to do something in the absence of, of ourselves, right? That is correct. A power of attorney is an extremely powerful document, and I can automatically think of three types of power attorney. There's your general power of attorney, there's your limited power attorney, and then there's your limited power of attorney for health care. So I'll start from the beginning. A power of attorney is a document that allows someone to be your agent, essentially serve as you to handle any business affairs or medical decisions, either if you're unable to do so or while you're alive. So you have to be very careful and very deliberate in the powers that you give to someone in a power of attorney. It could be as broad as allowing someone else to enter into business decisions for you or to sell property. Uh, They would essentially have the power to sell your house right from under you. That's why you want your attorney, in fact, that's the person you designate in your power of attorney to handle your affairs, it must be someone that you trust because they will be able to act with all the powers that you will act, Uh, but there is an exception. You can limit the powers that you give to someone. So you may actually uh, complete a limited power of attorney and only give someone the ability to pay your light bill or to to sell a house or to do a specific act, but you can make your powers of attorney as broad or as limited as you want, and you can even do a durable power of attorney for health care. That's when you become unable to make decisions for yourself, and they can make health care decisions for you. So this needs to be someone you trust and love because they will have the power to essentially, quote, unquote, pull the plug or to determine and direct your medical um, treatment. So these are very powerful documents recognized in courts and recognized in banks and medical facilities. It has to be signed by the person giving the powers, and it has to be witnessed by two people uh, who are unaffiliated with, who, who aren't the attorney in fact. So uh, powers of attorney allow someone to help you when you need help, and you can direct how broad and how limited you want to give them that power. So, so Kenya, um, thanks for explaining that. And I actually took some notes and posted that on Facebook um, um, Live um, site so that people can kind of see that too. So, so what's the difference between the power attorney form and a living will? Sure. So a living will is a document that also serves as the power of attorney for health care. And this is where you're giving someone limited jurisdiction or powers to make health care decisions on your behalf if you are unable to. So a durable power of attorney for health care and living will can also be considered the same document. So those are the most um, common forms that I think about um, as we talk about things in this area of life um, that we use when we are living. And if Kenya doesn't um, want to recommend a few more documents, then we'll talk about some documents that we use that are commonly used and are important in our death. Absolutely. Absolutely, Soy. So probate court is the court that handles these type of matters and other uh, functions that probate court helps with and can be helpful to your listeners are guardianships and conservatorships. So in the instance where you are caring for an aging loved one, uh, you may be handling their financial affairs or you may even be handling their medical affairs, such as a parent or grandparent or or uncle. Uh, So these are guardianships and conservatorships. Conservatorships allow you to handle someone's uh, financial matters, and guardianships allow you to handle other matters, such as where they live and their health care. So 
uh, guardianships are also relevant if you have an adult child that you're caring for. This child may not be able to care for themselves, may have limited mental capacity, and that way a guardianship will allow you to handle their affairs as well. So those are all common tools that probate court can help citizens care for their loved ones, make sure that it's on record. And once you have those guardianship papers or in conservatorship papers, you can go to any bank, any business, uh, and handle those affairs as required. So, Kenya, we have a question. Um, one question from Lynn is, how how do you do it? I guess she's saying, like, how do you how how do you do it? Absolutely. So, uh, probate forms such as how to file various documents and create them, uh, you can go to georgiaprobate.org. That's G-A-probate.org. This is uh, the website for the Georgia Council of Probate Court Judges, and it has standard forms that have been approved by the state of Georgia to be used in any probate court. So you can take a look at those free forms. They are designed to be user-friendly, and you can simply fill them out. Now, as far as a will or a trust, you may need to go to a professional so that you can make sure that all things are covered, uh, and probate court doesn't provide advice about wills or trusts. However, once those documents are completed, then uh, they will be filed and, um, and handled accordingly. But as far as your general forms with conservatorships and guardianships, all you have to do is go online or go to any probate court office, and you can get those standard forms that are easy to fill out. All right. She answered your question, Lynn. Uh, and, you know, Sawyer, so you mentioned change. something. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so you also mentioned something about wishes after death. You know, we've been talking a lot about property and helping family, but uh, having a will or letting people know your wishes go beyond just your possessions. It's what you want to happen. It can go uh, toward who you want to be the guardian of your minor child. It can go to where you want to be buried. Uh, as I mentioned to you before, do you want to be uh, taken back home and buried in the country, or do you want your ashes scattered about the streets of Madrid? Whatever it is that you want, uh, including bequ bequests to churches, community groups, uh, individuals that have crossed your path throughout life, this is a great opportunity to think about where you want your hard-earned property to go and where you want uh, certain things that are important to you, how you want those to be handled. So, Kenya, let's just say that I have a minor, uh, a minor child and, and I pass away. So does my, do my child automatically go to the father if he's in the child's life, or, or, or what will my family have to deal with in the absence if I was the primary guard? the full guardian of my child. Sure. So that is involving family court, and it's going to lie on several different factors, one being whether the child was legitimated, meaning whether the father has accepted responsibility for the child and been caring for the child. Another matter is whether um, – uh, who has custody of the child and uh, and where what is in the best interest of the child. If there is a parent who is caring for a child and another parent passes away, uh, unless there are any problems, many times the judge will give it to the surviving parent as in the best interest of the child. But if there are any concerns or questions, grandparents can chime in on custody in court uh, and, and contest or make a uh, objection to the child going to say this other parent who they may or may not know. So uh, grandparents do have some rights to chime in on what's best in, in the best interest for the child, but that's handled in family court, and the judge will likely appoint a guardian ad litem to take a look at the circumstances in which the child will be living, again, all to determine what is in the best interest of the child. So to answer your question, there are no automatic custody uh, requirements. It's just that the judge will look at the entire situation holistically in the best interest of the child. Now, if I was the primary, um, or the if I was the primary, uh, what do you call it? If I had full custody of the child and I had a will, 
to say where I wanted my child to go, then the judge would most most likely honor what I have willed. Is that correct? Well, it certainly explains what your wishes are, but again, the judge will, uh, the best interest of the child will always supersede that. Uh, even if you say if uh, a mother wanted her child to be cared by her best girlfriend, but there's an active father in the picture, well, it will certainly be, uh, her, the mother's wishes will certainly be taken into consideration, but family court will ultimately determine where custody of a minor child goes. So those lie in family court matters, but again, if you never write down what your wishes are, no one can ever consider it. Uh, okay. Um, for those who are listening and um, you have a question that you would like to have, uh, that you would, well, I'm reading questions that they come in, they've been texting me, they're being uh, posted on on the social media site, but if you want to call and speak to um, um, Kenya yourself, I can be heard on the air. The number is 347-855-8743. And if you are um, know someone who has children, um, I mean, just share this because we often use information. So I, I, just show me some hearts there out on Facebook Live that you're listening, that you're finding this information useful. And please share this live feed. We want everyone to be empowered to make decisions about what should happen um, to them, their possessions, and their desires at, at the end of life. All right, Kenya. So um, I'm so glad you're here. And, and um, I'm learning so much. I'm writing. I'm, I'm typing. I'm so excited about this information. Um, I definitely wouldn't want my heart um, to go to waste with me trying to provide for my family and then to find out that um, something happens to me and, and, and they lose everything. How often do that happen and why? Well, it all depends on individual circumstances. I'll share with you my personal story. Um, when my grandmother passed away, she passed away without a will. And then my mother subsequently passed away without a will. And so this grandmother, my grandmother's house was split between several different cousins uh, and surprise babies we didn't know about from my uncle, and we were all scattered around the country. Many of us didn't even know each other well, uh, but we were part on, owner in my grandmother's property. And as we tried to pull together and get the money to maintain the property and pay for the taxes and upkeep, uh, we just could not get it together and uh, we couldn't get the funds together. And subsequently, we lost my grandmother's house for unpaid taxes, which was essentially a few thousand dollars for a property that was completely paid off. And when you look at that property now, it's worth over four times its original value. And you can think about all the ways that the equity in that house could have gone to help individual members of our family. It could have gone to pay uh, our little cousin's tuition at Florida A&M. It could have gone to pay for uh, my uncle's budding uh, business and entrepreneurial goals. It could have gone to get uh, my aunt out of jail for bond money. Anything possible, it can be used to help families, and we lost that opportunity. So uh, people that... um, so when you're not clear about where you want your things to go, then the law has to go with who is the distributors or who the heirs are according to Georgia law. So let's take a look at that, Soy. Do we have a few moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so sure. So if you die without a will, according to Georgia law, uh, a surviving spouse takes your estate. And if there are any children, minor children, uh, and any ch- adult children as well, then the spouse and the living children take an equal shares, with the spouse getting no less than one-third of your estate. So this is George's way of providing for a other when their other half uh, 
passes away. But then if there is no surviving spouse, then the property will go to the surviving children. But what if there are no surviving children? Then a person's property would go to, if there's no surviving children or surviving spouse, it would be split amongst their parents and their living siblings. And if there are no living siblings, uh, it, the sibling share would go to their children. And if there are just not any aunts, uh, uncles, grandparents, parents, uh, nieces or nephews, on down the line, if you if a person is unable to track who their legitimate legal heirs are, then Georgia law provides that your property can go to the Board of Education in the county in which the property lies. So when we're talking about losing property, that's if there is no one or no family member around to take the property. But not only take the property, do they have the tools to keep the property? If you will your property to someone that can't financially handle it, then have you really planned ahead for that? So those are things to consider when you're deciding where your property should go. Okay. So basically, break that down to unpack that. She said that if um, you want to will your property to um, your son Mike, who never to keep a job and wasn't responsible and totally dependent on you, you might want to think about that because your son may lose the property because of his lack of responsibility. And that's why right. your your heart. Your heart may tell you to give it to someone that you love very much, but it's important to think a step beyond that and see if this is someone that is responsible and someone that will fulfill your wishes. And the same way with a business. For all our entrepreneurs out there that own businesses, what is your succession plan? Your oldest child may not want to continue in that particular business. So is that who you want to give your hard-earned business equity to? So think about who has the same vision as you have and whether you are okay with that business either closing or what are your goals for continuing that business and who do you think is the most responsible person in order to do so. You know, Kenya, that's a great lead-in to um, sharing the information with the audience about um, um, a trust because doesn't a trust allow you to have decision-making in it allows you to it allows you to place parameters in that where things could be allocated at certain periods and times of your life, right? Absolutely. So trusts are uh, another estate planning tool that someone can use. And a trust is a document that allows you to put your property into this imaginary entity and you can direct in any way that you want how that will be handled. Now, there are tax benefits and consequences depending upon the type of trust that you have. If you have a irrevocable trust, meaning uh, you can't take it away and you can't make any, um, you can't revoke it, then you don't get the tax benefits of has, of not having that property in your portfolio. But if it is a revocable trust tax-wise, then uh, you may still continue to be taxed on that property because you can always regain control of that property. But the great thing about trust is that trusts are handled outside of probate court. So if you're looking to spare your family the uh, the expense and the process of probate court, a trust will allow you to do so, whereas wills are overseen by probate court. Trust can be handled by someone that you determine to be the trust administrator. And with a trust, you can say, uh, you know, this property can be available for daughter to live in until she's 35, and then it goes to brother. Uh, You know, you can just, there's so many different ways that you can fashion your trust, and uh, and it still allows you to be able to direct how your property is handled while you're living and once you're gone. I certainly recommend for those that are interested in trust to contact a professional to find out what is the perfect circumstance for you. And I'll tell you, Soy, and your listeners, um, a will can run anywhere between 500 
to 2500 depending upon how complex your estate is. Many people create their own wills. It just requires a written document signed by the testator, that's the uh, decedent, the person whose property it is, and it, a will has to be signed by two independent witnesses in the presence of the testator. So that means someone who is not going to take anything from the will they are they are the only ones that can be witnesses. So you don't have to do anything fancy if you don't want to. You can actually just write out your will, be clear, and uh, have two people sign it and date it. Uh, but then if you want to have a more formal document filed in probate court, then uh, you can – there's uh, several forms online. You want to be state-specific, and, uh, and you can go to a professional. So uh, we'll typically start at about 500 if you're working with a professional for a trust and other estate planning documents. That could run you upwards, depending upon the attorney, of about 5000 five to 15000 But when you die without a will and you go through the probate process, there are expenses with that as well. So it really is more economical to plan ahead and get those documents in order versus having to resolve your estate with your family paying expenses um, when they go through probate courts. So it's really uh, those are the two options. You either pay now or your family pays later. Now, Another thing about trust, and can you correct me if, if I'm wrong, but so the trust does not only allow you to um, put parameters around property, you can also do that around your money. So if you have an insurance policy of, you know, $50,000 or $100,000 and you want to leave it to um, a child or a grandchild, you can put parameters in that as well, right? Well, that is, that is a great question, and I want to be clear. Things that have a specific beneficiary, like retirement accounts, investment accounts, checking accounts, uh, things that specifically ask you for a beneficiary, those are the things that are considered outside of your estate. The bank is going to release those funds to that beneficiary as soon as your death certificate is presented to them. So, so having those beneficiaries uh, be according to your wishes are very important because that's what that's going to be paid out immediately. As far as a trust, the only way that insurance benefits would go into a trust is if the estate were listed as the beneficiary. But uh, but anything else as far as your money is concerned, um, such as investments, uh, different properties, or if you have a lump sum of money that you wish to put into the trust, you can do so. But typically Typically, those accounts that require a specific beneficiary will be outside of the trust. And that also uh, is a point to mention that you got to check those beneficiaries. You know, when we start jobs, put down who we want to receive life insurance and our retirement benefits. But over time, that may change. And I've seen situations where a new husband was shocked to learn that he didn't receive any money because the ex-husband was listed as the beneficiary. So as your life changes, as uh, children are born, as uh, people pass away, every now and then take a look at all of your beneficiaries to make sure that they reflect your most recent wishes, and that's very important to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, (laughs) I was just thinking that when, when my mom passed away and her life insurance, uh, when I was looking at her life insurance, she had my maiden name on there. So you know how old that policy was. She had my maiden name on there for years. And she never went and, and updated, you know, it. But, um, yeah, we, we do need to be mindful of that to make sure we update um, documents as our situation um, changed. So I have another question um, for you, and this is for me. So I have a six-year-old grandson. If I wanted to leave, uh, if I wanted to add him to my life insurance policy, but I wanted him to get the money when he was 18 or 21, how, do the insurance policy write that, or do I need another document to state that? Yeah, so uh, the insurance policy is going to pay out to his guardian uh, until, he's a, uh, until he's an adult. Excuse me, until you turned 18, then the money would be paid out to the guardian of that child. But just like personal injury settlements with adults uh, and, and with children, uh, some of 
in order to receive those funds, there may need to be an accounting with the court. So the courts are very uh, cognizant and want to present oversight over big sums of money for children to make sure that the adults and guardians in their lives spend it according to wishes. So in that situation, it might be where you um, – it may be difficult to make that designation of age through the insurance company, but there are some things that you can do to make sure that happens, such as put that life insurance policy into a trust and then create the trust with the terms that you want. But I would certainly recommend speaking with an estate planning professional about all the different options uh, that you can do to get to that same result and won't be able to get this money until certain things happen, such as college, turn 25, get married, whatever you decide. Yeah, that, that, that's good that, that you said that because, you know, some of us live in, in situations um, that are common to us, but it may not be common to um, when you're looking at estate planning and, and legal matters, like, you know, you live with a boyfriend or a girlfriend for years and you don't get married and, and something happens to them and then you're trying to trying to figure out how, how to um how to deal with, with with their loss and also handle their affairs when you may not have been um, I guess then you're not considered the next of kin in, in that aspect. Soy, that is a huge issue and a great point. For those people that are in long-term relationships, it pays to uh, think about estate planning because someone may have cared for their loved one for many years throughout a sickness, but when they pass away, if they were not their next of kin, uh, either legally or by blood, then they may not take anything. But this is the house that we've been living in for the last 20 years, and it, but it doesn't matter, another family member, who is the rightful heir can come and and kick anybody out or do whatever they want and and I'm 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 using extreme circumstances to drive in the point that you have to think about uh, have to think about these things because it could very well happen. We see that in same-sex relationships. They may not, before same-sex marriages were allowed, um, you know, you would have long-term relationships where people have built all of these things together, but they couldn't even get uh, their share because they weren't married upon the death of this loved one. So same-sex marriages allow for um, that levels the playing field with uh, with uh, heterosexual relationships, but it is still a concern for anyone that is not married and in a long-term relationship. Okay, we have about 12 minutes, and, and we have time. There is one more document that I want us to talk about before we get begin to talk about, you know, um, um, the, um, you know how to support you in, in Canada, as a candidate. But there is a document called the Letter of Intent that I have been reading, and I, I, I would, from my comprehension, is that it allows us to explain um, what we intend to happen. It's like a letter of instruction or a letter of intent. I'm not too familiar with that. However, unless you officially fill out the documents according to legal requirements with the right amount of signatures, the right amount of wording, then uh, I can't imagine a letter of intent to be binding with the courts, but it will certainly be advisory uh, as the courts consider the wishes of the person that's passed away. So uh, I'm not too sure about the letter of intent. Tell me a little bit more about that. Now, that was a question that, that came to from someone who wanted to understand what a letter of intent was. Um, I, as it I relates know, to estate planning? As it relates to estate planning, uh, I, don't, I would not consider a letter of intent a binding directive for any court to follow. Okay, okay. You're not going to just make it a will. Then. No, it won't turn into okay. a will, but, but I certainly encourage uh, that people – start to inventory the things that they have. Uh, you may think you don't have a lot or that it's easily accessible, but you may forget about uh, something that you have or a business interest that you have. Um, start. It really helps families if you, just like my father did in the story that I shared, he had a list of everything. Now, of course, things fell off when we added to that list, 
but I was able to at least see a full list of his financial picture, and it gave me direction in which to go uh, once he, uh, if he were no longer around. So inventory is my number one recommendation uh, for people is to inventory what you have. My second recommendation is to think about what your wishes are. My third is to share them with families, and the fourth is to create the proper documentation to carry out those wishes, Um, telling family what you want and also deciding who do you want to be the executor of your estate, who do you want to handle everything, to clear out your house, to sell everything and make sure everyone gets everything. Again, this needs to be someone that you not only love but someone that you trust and someone that you think loves you. Uh, You can, of course, have a professional, be an uh, executor, or you can pay a family member, someone close to you, a child. But when you do that, make sure that it's someone that knows how to handle business. Your heart may tell you to uh, put it to your first child, but your first child may not know how to write a check. So just make sure that you're clear in who you want to handle your affairs and that they themselves are equipped to do so. So, Kenya, I am typing up um, those steps again for our Facebook Live listeners. But can you repeat them? You said the first thing you suggest is that we inventory what we have. Yes, absolutely. It's to uh, think about what your wishes are. Think, decide who do you want to be your executor? Who do you want to uh, have your house or your big items? Who do you want to have your household items? Uh, anything you can think of that is important to you, uh, be clear in what you want that to be, and then share it so that others know so it won't be a surprise at the will reading that you've decided to give your entire estate away to uh, the local church. So just be clear with what you want to do, and then once you have uh, prepared your wishes, then uh, write the documents, we'll share them, and then write, prepare the documents so that those wishes can be handled legally. Probate court also does marriages. You, uh, you, they have mass 
wedding ceremonies twice a month. The fee is $56 to get married, but if you attend a family uh, a family counseling program, then the fee is only $16. Do people know about that? Also, probate court is where you get your firearms license. We have a Second Amendment right to carry firearms, but let's be responsible with it. In Douglas County, they uh, have a free gun safety class, and so I want to bring those services to Fulton County. If you want a if you want a firearms license, let's give you a discount if you take this safety class because we want people to be responsible gun owners. So in my current capacity in the um in the Solicitor General's office, I do community outreach, anti gun violence programs, and probate courts seem like a natural transition from crime and punishment to helping communities and citizens thrive in their everyday lives. So this is a, a wonderful transition for me, and uh, I am so excited to help people in general, and this is a great way to help our le- and develop legacies for our communities and create intergenerational wealth. Other cultures pass along what they have, and each generation uh, has more and more property and more and more opportunities. Well, we, uh, all communities, should have that option and be educated about that option. So I want to educate the community, put services into the community. We need probate court kiosks in the nursing homes and long-term care facilities. So when you go to visit your family, you can get some paperwork handled because everything is right there for you. So this is certainly a labor of love, and I am excited about the campaign, and we ask that you vote on May 19th. I'm running for probate court judge. I have two opponents, and I have the experience, the passion, and the expertise to uh, bring probate court into the future. Well, that shows some love for those who are listening on Facebook Live for uh, Attorney Kenya Johnson, who is a candidate for Fulton County Probate Court. Show some love, show some love. We got to tag her. And for more information about her campaign and about her background and what she's doing, you can find her at electkenyajohnson.com. Again, that is electkenya, K-E-N-Y-A, johnson.com. I have enjoyed hanging out with you in the cafe today, Kenya. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been such an inspiration. I mean, just your voice and your personality and your energy, you know, just um, I think it empowered me about a subject so personal, you know, and um, it's so devastating. So, so thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for being on the air with me today. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for this opportunity. I encourage all listeners, if you have those questions, seek a professional or go to georgiaprobate.org to take a look at the forms, and you will see how probate can help you and your family. Everyone has to come through probate court at one point or another, dead or alive, and so we'd rather you be empowered with the information. So thank you, Soy. I appreciate it. All right. Well, well, thank you so much, y'all. And, and as again, please share, share this live feed um, for those who are listening on Rockstar Radio. Um, with, um, with the show. So if they miss the show, they still can hear it if they don't have Facebook. So that information is available on the Coffee Talk with Soy website, and that's coffeetalkwithsoy.com. So I hope you've been empowered by this information. I hope you feel um, a little more comfortable about making these decisions and empowered to go do stuff. So write your will, and you can go a step further like me. I've already written my obituary. All you got to do, I just picked the picture out. I just got to pick out my outfit, and my daughter knows to put a date in when when that date happens. But it's real, y'all. We're all going to go one day, and and when we do, let's have our affairs in order because it is a gift. It's a gift to present that to our family members so they don't have to worry and the headache of the stress of trying to figure out what we wanted or what we intended to happen with our money, our assets, and all of our affairs. So be great, be safe, be safe, be safe, practice social distancing, and share this information with others. It's been an awesome morning. Continue to have a great Saturday. I'm going to go out and, I guess, work in the yard. But have a good weekend. I love you all. Be safe. Be blessed. And share, share, share. Share this caring. So please share this live feed. Post it on your Facebook page now. 
and share the link to the show for those listening by Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week. It's been awesome. Bye-bye. Just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com as well as looking for us under your social media sites we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy remember the size of the problem is never the issue remember it's the size of you be great because you are awesome tell them Soy said so thanks for listening have a great week bye bye